regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I am so glad that you've joined the program today. We are a week away from Election Day. Now, depending on where you live, there may not be any big races. We've only got to two states around the nation that are holding uh, gubernatorial races, New Jersey and the Commonwealth of Virginia. Uh, in Virginia, we also have every seat in the House of Delegates that is up for grabs. Of course, Democrats took control of the uh, House of Delegates two years ago in Virginia. And when they did, they immediately launched into an attack on our right to keep and bear arms, which led to the Second Amendment sanctuary movement sweeping across the Commonwealth of Virginia. Uh, that was just a year ago. Well, two years ago. Uh, and uh, I still think that uh, the Second Amendment is going to play a major role in this campaign, although it is not the uh, the, the big uh, talking point for the uh, Yunkin campaign. Frankly, it's not the big talking point for uh, the McAuliffe campaign either, which is kind of interesting. But we're going to get to that because uh, President Joe Biden is heading to Virginia to campaign for Terry McAuliffe today. Something that I don't think Terry McAuliffe is all that enthusiastic about. We'll get to that in just a moment, though. Before we do, I do have a special message for you. Do you miss President Trump? Well, if so, you are not alone, and I'm coming to you with a very special offer that you do not want to miss. Now is your chance to win one of six signed photos of President Trump. These were hand-signed by President Trump, and soon one could be hanging up in your home. When President Trump signed these photos, he wanted to make sure that all of his supporters had the opportunity to receive one, and now is your chance. All you have to do is text GUNS to 55404 today for your chance to win a beautiful photo of President Trump and First Lady Melania Trump hand-signed by President Trump himself. And when you text GUNS to 55404 right now, you'll also get exclusive double-entry activation for a limited time. Again, text GUNS to 55404 to have your name entered twice to win a hand-signed Trump photo. You don't want to miss this. Contest in soon. Paid for by the National Republican Senatorial Committee. All right, so in Virginia, <laughs> President Biden is actually coming to campaign for Terry McAuliffe today, a week before Election Day. Now, I find this fascinating for a couple of reasons. Uh, here's the headline from the New York Times today. In, governors, in Virginia governor's race, Biden barely rates a mention. So McAuliffe is not talking much about Joe Biden for good reason. Joe Biden is not really popular in the uh, Commonwealth of Virginia. There are, I think there was a Fox News poll that showed uh, approval for Biden about 50-50. Uh, there have been a lot of other polls, however, showing Biden underwater in the Commonwealth of Virginia. As a matter of fact, Terry McAuliffe even acknowledged this back on October the 7th. Uh, my friends at Hot Air noted this. McAuliffe says, unpopular Biden is a drag on the Virginia governor's race. Yeah, he said, we're facing, this is again, a couple of weeks ago. We're facing a lot of headwinds from Washington, McAuliffe told supporters on Tuesday. As you know, the president is unpopular today, unfortunately, here in Virginia. So we've got to plow through. Mm-hmm. Now, the McAuliffe campaign uh, tried to walk back the uh, remarks by saying that uh, Terry's point was clearly that Democrats can't take anything for granted and must turn out to vote this year. Glenn Youngkin is running on a divisive Trumpian agenda that puts election conspiracy theories and banning abortion first. Yeah, by the way, uh, you want to know who the candidate of election conspiracies is? It's not Glenn Youngkin. It's Terry McAuliffe. Terry McAuliffe has embraced and welcomed and stood on stage multiple times 
with Stacey Abrams over the past couple of weeks. And he has said that, yeah, I, I think she won that Georgia governor's race. He's the one out there talking about stolen elections. Not Glenn Youngkin. Not that the New York Times mentions that. Oh, no. They do, however, acknowledge that, uh, quote, for weeks, Mr. McAuliffe has made little mention of President Biden, instead using his campaign rallies, media interviews, and millions of dollars in campaign advertising to make the race all about former President Donald J. Trump. In a way, they write, Mr. Biden's scheduled campaign stop with Mr. McAuliffe Tuesday evening as part of a last-week effort to energize Democratic voters highlights just how little he's been present in the race at all. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because there's been a lot of talk about uh, the Virginia governor's race being nationalized. And I think it has been to a certain point, but only to a certain point. Like Terry McAuliffe has really tried to nationalize this election. You, you would uh, think, if you listen to Terry McAuliffe, that the person who's running as a Republican for governor of Virginia is actually Donald Trump, just wearing a Glenn Youngkin mask. He has, I think, uh, gone overboard in trying to nationalize this race and trying to make it all about Donald Trump, where I think the Yunkin campaign has done a very good job of identifying issues that are important to Virginia voters. And that does include, by the way, what's going on in our schools. Terry McAuliffe uh, helped Glenn Yunkin out tremendously by uh, stating on a debate stage that he didn't believe that parents should be the ones making decisions about what their kids are learning. Now, that, was, uh, that wasn't just a gaffe, because Terry McAuliffe truly believes this. This wasn't Terry McAuliffe saying something that he, he didn't mean, and the words just came out wrong. No, McAuliffe absolutely believes this. The left absolutely believes this. They believe that parents should take a back seat to the quote-unquote professionals when it comes to deciding what your kids are being taught. And given the fact that we are seeing, particularly uh, in Northern Virginia, this, I think, uh, 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 agenda that does not comport with what a lot of parents think and believe. Um, that's one of the reasons why this race is as competitive as it is. I was talking with my friend Julie Gunlock from the Independent Women's Forum on uh, WMAL yesterday morning. I was sitting for Larry O'Connor, and she said, I, look, I mean, I live three hours south of Washington, D.C., so I'm not the guy to tell you uh, what things are like on the ground in Northern Virginia. But Julie lives in Alexandria, which is, you know, just outside of Washington, D.C., firmly in Blue Nova. And Julie said she was shocked at how many Yunkin yard signs she's seen in Alexandria and in Arlington, places that uh, Democrats outnumber Republicans you know, four to one. Uh and typically, you don't see those yard signs because the few conservatives in Northern Virginia don't really want the grief. They're worried about their, you know, house getting egged or their cars getting keyed. So they typically don't put out a, a visible sign of support for Republican candidates, uh, at least not to the level that we're seeing this year in Northern Virginia. So the another uh, latest poll uh, coming out showing this race tied. 46, 46, 5% of voters undecided. There is a third-party candidate, by the way, one that I think Terry McAuliffe is really concerned about. So concerned, by the way, doesn't even want to mention it. Doesn't want to bring it up. But while McAuliffe is bringing in the vice president, bringing in Stacey Abrams, bringing in Jill Biden, he's ignoring the challenge from his left. There's a woman named Princess Blanding 
who is uh, running on the Liberation Party ticket, not the Libertarian Party ticket. I was a little confused for a second. No, the Liberation Party candidate. Um, and again, she is running to the left of Terry McAuliffe. She is also a black woman, the first black woman to be on the gubernatorial ballot in the state of Virginia. I think McAuliffe is terrified that Princess Blandon is going to peel away two, three, four, maybe even 5% of the black vote in Virginia. Doug Wilder, who is the first black governor of Virginia, a Democrat, has been very critical, by the way, of Terry McAuliffe, saying that he has taken the black vote for granted. He was uh, uh, he has ripped McAuliffe for campaigning with Ralph Northam after saying that Northam should resign over his blackface scandal. Uh, he has ripped McAuliffe actually even for running for governor for a second term, a non-consecutive term, because in Virginia, you're basically one and done. You get four years and then you're out. And, and traditionally, you don't run again. You just don't. But Terry McAuliffe has thrown that tradition out the window. And Doug Wilder, the first black governor of Virginia, said, look, there was a really good chance we could have had a, a, a black female legislator get the Democratic nomination if Terry McAuliffe hadn't cut in line, basically, and decided he wanted another go-round. So McAuliffe is really concerned about Democratic turnout among his base. Look, he's underwater right now among independents. Joe Biden's underwater right now among independents. So what's Terry McAuliffe doing today, a week before Election Day? Campaigning with an unpopular president. Why? Because he's trying to shore up his base to turn out next week. And that is not a good sign for Terry McAuliffe. So, look, anything can happen. Uh, and I would say that, you know, in, in a uh, typical election year in Virginia, the Democrats do have an advantage. But I don't think I think that advantage has largely disappeared this year because of the unpopularity of Joe Biden, because of the unpopularity of Terry McAuliffe, quite frankly, who's not a great candidate. Uh, because of the increased enthusiasm on the right uh, to go to the polls, voter enthusiasm is higher by about uh, seven or eight points among Republicans compared to Democrats, according to the polling that I've seen in Virginia. Uh, this race is competitive. It is going to go down to the wire. And I would say that the Youngkin campaign right now has the energy and the momentum heading into the last week of the campaign. Um, some other uh, campaign watchers would agree with that. Uh, John Morgan, who's a uh, Florida trial lawyer and a top donor to both Biden and McAuliffe, says, I don't know if it's a referendum on Biden exactly. It's just a general feeling of not understanding why nothing can get done. The party is single-handedly torpedoing Terry McAuliffe, he said. And I think that if Terry loses, Democrats just need to grab a hold of themselves because the midterms are going to be a bloodbath. Well, I, I mean, I... Look, a lot can happen in a year. But you look at what's going on right now in both Virginia and New Jersey. Virginia, a state that Biden won by 10 points, polls show this race tied. In New Jersey, a state that Biden won by 16 points. The last poll had uh, incumbent Governor Phil Murphy up by six over the Republican challenger, a, a former legislator who, frankly, I don't think has a whole lot of name recognition in the state. Uh, and when you take out leaners, Phil Murphy's lead drops from uh, six to four points, which is just outside the margin of error. So it could be that all of these, you know, pre-election polls are way off, that they are overestimating the uh, Republican vote, that they are underestimating the Democratic vote. But that's typically not what the polls have done, right? Generally speaking, it's the opposite. 
They overestimate the support for 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 Democrats. They underestimate the uh, support for Republicans, which is why there are a lot of panicked Democrats right now, more so in the state of Virginia than I think in New Jersey. But I don't think an upset is outside the realm of possibility in New Jersey either. I think it's it's an uphill climb to be sure. But uh, in New Jersey, you know, even in New Jersey, um, the chance exists that uh, Democrats are going to have a very, very bad night next Tuesday. And in the Commonwealth of Virginia, I, I, I say the chances are pretty good. And again, uh, the Second Amendment has not emerged as a key issue in this campaign for either candidate, although Terry McAuliffe is fully on board with uh, Joe Biden's gun ban. In fact, he would like to put a state-level ban on so-called assault weapons in place, would like to ban so-called large-capacity magazines. He has called gun shows the worst thing ever. Terry McAuliffe is as anti-gun a candidate as we have had in the Commonwealth of Virginia. And if McAuliffe gets elected and the Democrats keep control of the House of Delegates, they will try to impose their gun ban. Because Democrats will see that as the green light. But they will also, I think, be very, very concerned that uh, their majorities are fleeting and that they will use this as an opportunity to put policies in place that even if it costs them votes, look at what Democrats are doing right now in Congress with this, you know, what is it now? One point seven five could be bigger trillion dollar build back better plan that is proven to be pretty unpopular among the American people. But the Democrats, well, we got to get it done because if we don't do it now. And we're not going to be able to, uh, we're going to lose next year. We're not going to have the opportunity to put these things in place. So even if it costs us votes, we're going to do it. It's the Obamacare model. That's exactly what the Democrats did with Obamacare. They rammed through an unpopular piece of legislation because even though it cost them control of Congress, once that was in place, it's really hard to get off the books, right? And the cycles swing back and forth. So Democrats will take control again at some point uh, in the future, and uh, it's worth Risking those losses if you can put these new laws on the books that are incredibly difficult to get off. That's I, 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 I presume that is the Democratic strategy in Virginia. If they win re-election, if they control the House of Delegates, if they control the governor's mansion in Virginia, then yes, they will absolutely push uh, for a gun ban and for a magazine ban next year. No more beating around the bush. No more nibbling at the edges. They will go after uh, a firearm preemption. They will go after our right to own the most commonly sold rifle in America today. They will go after our right to own the most commonly produced magazines in the country today. They will probably go after the right to carry. Uh, we could even see Democrats try to launch a ban on the open carry of firearms, which is legal in Virginia without a license. And as states like Texas uh, and others adopt constitutional carry, gun control advocates are looking for that uh, equal and opposite response. How do you do that? Well, you're probably not get, going to get a ban on the carrying of firearms through the Virginia legislature. But again, a ban on the unlicensed open carrying of firearms. Yeah, I would not be surprised at all to see Democrats pursue that uh, if they get the opportunity to do so. So that's a long way of saying if you are a Virginia gun owner, I hope you are aware of the stakes. I hope that you have either voted in early voting already or you are uh, casting an absentee ballot or you are making plans as I am to go to the polls on election day. I'm old school. I'm old fashioned like that. I've had to vote absentee in the past, but if I can go on election day, that's when I like to do it. I hope that you're with me, but uh, this election, way too important to just sit on the sidelines and, uh, you know, 
just uh, uh, sit back and wait for the results to roll in. No, we got to be a part of this. We've got to be active. We've got to be engaged. Uh, and I would say between now and next Tuesday, if, if you know any gun owners in Virginia, if you are a Virginia gun owner, do what you can to encourage others to get to the polls, too, because turnout really is going to be critical here. Uh, with McAuliffe trying to rally his base of support, get them turned out, it is vitally important that uh, gun owners show up at the polls to cancel out and uh, hopefully even overwhelm the uh, anti-gun vote in the Commonwealth of Virginia. All right, let's turn our attention now to today's Armed citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We will start there. Story to Salt Lake City, Utah, where a man wanted for murder is a convicted felon who is under probation, according to police. 20-year-old Roy Anthony Duran is wanted for the murder of 21-year-old Isaiah Valerio. It was a Sunday morning, just before 2 a.m., when officers found Valerio in critical condition on the streets of Salt Lake City. Police say they believe Duran ran from the scene following the shooting, along with several others. Utah court database shows that back in 2019, just two short years ago, Duran was found guilty of possession of a gun by a restricted person, which is a felony. That would be felon in possession of a firearm. Based on that conviction... Uh, he was sentenced to serve up to five years in state prison. However, a uh, Utah judge suspended that sentence. And instead of five years, Duran received just eight days behind bars with credit for time served. So, in essence, what he got was a $600 fine and 36 months of probation. He is supposedly still under that probationary offense. But now, of course... Stands accused of a much more serious crime. One that uh, he would not be accused of if he had actually been sentenced to five years in prison. Maybe that would have given him a chance to turn his life around instead of now being the suspect in a murder case. What do you think? Uh, today's Armed Citizen story from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, which, by the way, Philadelphia is not in good shape right now. They are on pace for a record high number of homicides. They had uh, the record in the city, 500 homicides. They had 499 last year. And uh, homicides are up about 17% over where they were this time last year. But in the midst of all of this gang and drug-related violence, and it is gang and drug-related violence that is driving the violent crime in Philadelphia, you are still seeing uh, individual acts of self-defense like this one, where a man was shot and killed reportedly trying to break in to his ex-girlfriend's home uh, Monday night. Authorities say the alleged intruder kicked down the front door of this home looking for a woman. Now, what do you think the gun control uh, argument is when somebody kicks down your front door? Are you supposed to offer them cookies? Are you supposed to uh, grab a knife from the kitchen? Um, maybe a taser? Are you supposed to throw a shoe at them? I'm not sure how you're supposed to defend yourself when somebody breaks through your front door and is intent on doing you harm if you're a gun control activist. If you're a Second Amendment supporter, I, I, I know what you do. You defend yourself. According to authorities, uh, when the alleged intruder kicked down the front door looking for the woman, she wasn't there. But other people were inside the home. And according to Chief Inspector Scott Small, one of them opened fire. He said a male inside the property who preliminary invest, uh, information has a permit to carry did fire several shots, striking this individual who forced his way into the home. Well, it doesn't matter that the person had a concealed carry license. They were in a private residence. 
You don't need a carry license to have a firearm in a private residence, but it, it does let us know this is a legal gun owner, uh, somebody who, uh, you know, w- was not um, in the legal possession of a firearm. Again, this certainly sounds like a case of self-defense to me, but uh, we will follow this up and uh, let you know any additional details that might emerge uh, from this case in Philadelphia. Finally today, our good deed of the day, where a uh, Fort Worth woman uh, honored for helping to save the life of a two-year-old boy, actually a Colleyville, Texas woman, uh, Brandy Roundtree, uh, recognized Monday evening for her role in saving the life of this two-year-old would fall into a pond at uh, Linda Spurlock Park in North Richmond Hills, Texas, back in June. She saw that the child was blue and not breathing after she pulled the child out of the pond. She then began CPR until North Richland Hills first responders arrived and they continued efforts to uh, to save the child. This uh, 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 image here from uh, an officer's body cam uh, as they were performing CPR on that little child. And uh, last night, Roundtree received a certificate of recognition for her life-saving efforts from the uh, North Richland Hill City Council. Uh, Roundtree and the first responders also having an opportunity to meet with that two-year-old uh, and his family. Two-year-old, believe it or not, I mean, has made an amazing recovery. Uh, and that would not have been the case. I mean, this family would have been mourning the loss of a child had it not been for the quick actions, uh, not only of those first responders, but of Brandy Roundtree, who was simply in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing, and ended up, again, saving the life of a two-year-old child. So I'm glad to see her getting the recognition uh, that she deserves, and I'm really, really pleased that uh, she and the other first responders had a chance to uh, reconnect with the uh, family and that little boy. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of Barron Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the show, as always. If this Listen, if this wasn't enough for you, i got some good news for you. Tonight, Tuesday, and Wednesday, what was that, the 26th, 27th of October, 2021, I'll be uh, sitting in on Sirius XM Patriot 125, 9 to midnight Eastern time, uh, in for Stacey Washington and the uh, Stacey on the Right show. So uh, we'll be talking some Second Amendment news if you want to tune in for that. And other stuff, I am sure. Give me a chance to spread my wings a little bit, but uh, we will be talking about the right to keep and bear arms. Uh, we'll also be back tomorrow with more of the latest Second Amendment news and information. If you like what you heard today, you like what you see at BarionArms.com. I'd also encourage you to become a VIP subscriber. Just use the promo code GUNS, and you can get 25% off of your VIP membership. We really do appreciate your support. Have a great day. Until we talk again, be well, be safe, and be free. <laughs>